And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. And welcome to episode 70 of Flashback Fridays. I'm your host, Randolph Lofgren. If you are new to the podcast, let me explain what we do here. On Flashback Fridays, the Jason Modcast Podcast Network was created back in November of 2012. And in this time, we have accumulated almost 900 episodes. The passing of every year, our archives continues to grow. So to keep the show's and in some case to people alive, I will pick three episodes from the past. We will take a look at the episode's information that comes with it, and then give it a listen to. Afterward, we will talk about the content, and we will do this with all three shows, and in the end, I will hopefully deliver to you at least three hours of audio entertainment. This show, my niece Zoe picked the episodes randomly and gave me her picks. So let's take a peek at what she chose for this first. First up, from the Tree Frog Exposé Cafe's formerly news, views, and reviews number 10, Gutentag, originally released on April 10, 2013, it says, The late great Reaper Rick returns this week with news on the cannibal cop and update on another possible asteroid collision and those happy people in North Korea. Afterward, Rick gets happy as he gives us a lot of information about human reductive systems. Guten Tag. Okay, let's push play and check this one out. Welcome back. I am Reaper Rick. And you, as always, are not. Okay, I have an update. On something I was talking about last episode. If you uh, listen to that show, I was talking about spirits. And I wondered why spirits were usually chased from their homes or whatever by priests. You know, people call them priests to cleanse their homes or whatever. Well, just the other night on The Dead Files, if anybody watches that, Amy Allen, the uh, medium, went through a house and found four or five different uh, spirits residing there and discovered that the land around the house itself was cursed. Now, Oddly, and for the first time that I can remember ever hearing this, she suggested to the owners of the house that they called in a wicked witch to bless the land and bless the house to remove the spirits. And according to a follow-up on the show, they, uh, the owners did that and uh, it appeared to be successful. So, and, and, you know, that's the first time I've, I've ever heard anyone suggest they use uh, something other than a Catholic priest to bless the residents. 
they occasionally would use a Native American shaman if there's something going on with the land. But that's usually when the spirits involved are also American Indians, ancient usually, but never a Wiccan. So thought that was an interesting development. And since it appeared to work, we're again brought back to the question of why do spirits obey any god whose name is invoked to have them vacate their place of residence? It would seem to me, at least, that the spirits, since they're dead, would in fact know whether there were any gods that they needed to obey or respond to. So, well, that's just another question that uh, none of us will discover the answer to, I suppose, until we are there and see firsthand what's going on with that bit. So, yeah, in other news, the uh, New York cop who was arrested for conspiracy to kidnap his, his plan was to kidnap his wife's friend and kill both women and eat them. Somehow or other, uh, well, he was emailing a conspirator, I suppose I could call it, explaining how he wanted to accomplish this uh, well, he called it a fantasy, but uh, the police didn't buy it. So, anyway, we have uh, people out there still wanting to try out human flesh, see if it's as tasty as people say it is. It's been classified as tasting like, much like pork, but, you know, vegetarians don't pay that much attention to what it tastes like anyway, so, anyway, so he's, uh, awaiting sentencing at this point, um, be interesting to find out what they do with that, because he's only convicted of conspiracy to kidnap, and he could be out in a few years, and, uh, he could always go back to uh, his fantasy and uh, see what the white meat tastes like. Well, uh, I should clarify uh, the statement there. The uh, cannibal cop, as he has been termed, uh, is not awaiting sentencing at 
this time he is awaiting uh, a verdict on whether he is guilty or not. So, just wanted to make that clear, although by the time you hear this, the sentencing or the sentence, sentencing phase may be in progress. So, just have to wait and see about that one. Alright, well, on to something else. In our continuing effort to seek out truth and justice, I'm pleased to announce that another fairly large asteroid whizzed by the Earth this weekend without hitting us. This one, however, was some 600,000 miles out, so that was twice the distance from the Earth to the Moon, so there wasn't really much of a chance of that one striking the planet. However, that makes half a dozen or so just in the past few weeks that have gone by close enough to be noticeable. Not to mention the one that exploded over Russia not too long ago. So, what's going on with all these uh, near misses is something happening that uh, we should be aware of well I think all that's happening is that uh, for a change we now have scientists and observers here on earth that are actually watching and tracking near-Earth objects, these asteroids that come within striking distance of the planet. And one that went by not too long ago, Apophis. That one came in close. That one came in within the orbit of the moon. Bad news about that one is it's coming back in uh, 12 or 13 years, I think it's 20, 26, it's supposed to fly by again, and at that time, it's going to come even closer, but they are fairly sure that it will again miss the planet. Further bad news, however, is that this asteroid is on a uh, regular orbit and it'll be coming by again in 12 or 13 years, so that would put it somewhere around 2036 or 2037, we're not sure. And this time, in the 2030s, they suspect that it very well could strike the planet. Yeah. So, I will probably not be here to uh, see that. Too bad. But for the rest of you who are here in uh, 30 years, or I'm sorry, 20 years or so, 25 years, you may have the opportunity to find out just how well NASA 
and the government are prepared for a potential hit of a large asteroid. There are a number of peculiar, to say the least, ideas as to how they might, the term they use I think is nudge the asteroid out of its uh, current flight path and hopefully away from the Earth. They have uh, long since decided that attempting to explode an incoming asteroid would only cause more damage, perhaps. If it broke up into a hundred pieces, all of which were still streaming toward Earth, it could conceivably cause still quite a bit of damage. So they want to move it gently away from the Earth. And they have several ideas about how this might be accomplished, none of which have been attempted yet. And due to the budget cuts, especially to NASA, I would suspect that they will never have the opportunity to actually try this experiment out. And they will have to wait until we have a giant rock headed straight toward us before they actually get around to seeing if any of these ideas will work. And all I can say, <clears throat> excuse me for that, is good luck both to uh, NASA and to you, if you're still here at the time. So, that's just something else. We'll have to wait and see what happens. And now we turn once again to North Korea. North Korea has now threatened to eliminate the truce, the peace treaty, whatever that was uh, signed in, oh, was it 1955, so it's been more than 50 years that, albeit an uneasy truce, has existed between North and South Korea. But uh, Korea North Korea seems to think that uh, they deserve what South Korea has. And I mean, if they if they want help, if they want food for their people, if they want modern conveniences for the country, why don't they just ask? I mean, it's not like the United States has ever turned down assistance to anybody. You know, um, the people, the North Korean people, don't want war. They would prefer to have food and perhaps electricity, perhaps something aside from a water buffalo to help till their fields. 
I think it's only the uh, the government and the uh, upper military people who have anything resembling luxury or decent food on a regular basis. True, North Korea does have a standing army of over a million men. And I'm sure they have lots and lots of really big, scary weapons that they have obtained from China and possibly Russia. But the idea that the North Koreans could somehow start a war and with South Korea, which would of course involve the United States since we have 30,000 soldiers pretty much on the border. And if the United States got involved, then more than likely China and perhaps even Russia would also become involved and then we would have to draw in NATO forces from all of the friendly countries, all two or three, yeah, three of them, to help us out, and it could conceivably start another global war. You know, why doesn't Kim Jong-un simply call up the president and say, yo, how about sending us some food and we'll stop making stupid videos about blowing up Washington and we'll stop rattling our sabers and threatening to go to war. I mean, it's the 21st century. There's no real reason to go to war anymore. If you don't have something you need, all you have to do is ask for it and somebody give it to you. Talking about countries now, not individuals, because you know, we still don't have what we need. <clears throat> but regardless of that, North Korea is making lot of squeaky noises to get attention, but the only attention they seem to be drawing unto themselves is scorn and disbelief that they would have the audacity to threaten the entire world with a war that they could not possibly win. But who knows why people do things anymore, or ever for that matter. There was a time when war was essential for growth. If people needed more land, they simply went to their next door neighbor and took it from them. Uh, it's not really necessary anymore. It's really pointless and stupid to cause so much conflict over something that would be so easily 
place to make those kinds of decisions. I'm sure the president has numerous people on his staff to advise him how to make things better. I haven't seen anybody step up for that at the present time, but you know, we still have few years left in the Obama White House, so we just have to wait and see about that too. So many damn things, we just have to wait and see what's going to happen because we can't know until something does happen. Okay, okay. Here's something I just thought of, and it pertains to the asteroid stuff I was talking about just a little while ago, okay? Well, the general consensus is that we would somehow be able to nudge the asteroid into a different orbit and keep it away from the Earth. Well, we, we know that uh, that's going to cost a huge amount of money. Somebody has to to pay for that, right? Well, instead of nudging the asteroid away from the Earth, why don't they nudge it into an Earth orbit? Okay, keep it circling around the Earth, and then the government could rent out the fucking rock to companies who would mine it. The general consensus is that most asteroids have a lot of stuff that people would want to mine. Everything from precious metals like gold platinum to just basic stuff like iron ore and other minerals that could be used here on Earth. So, instead of, you know, just kicking it out into space and hoping it doesn't come back and kick us in the ass in a few years, they should just position it above Earth, and that whatever companies have the balls and the money to do so, go up and mine the damn rock until there's nothing left of it. There has, uh, there's been talk, excuse me, big mumble here, there's been talk of, you know, decades in the future that companies will, in fact, go out to the asteroid belt, which is, you know, out beyond Mars, and eventually mine the asteroids there for just those, those things, precious minerals that uh, can be used here on Earth. But that is, uh, again, decades away potential money-making venture, but 
at this point. It's far, far away. So what about just bringing these asteroids in and working on them here? I mean, you know, out in space, but basically here. And we've had so many asteroids just recently go past us. And that's just uh, basically money flying by. And they could set up some sort of arrangement where they have all these near misses be brought into orbit and send, hell, you could even send robot workers out there to mine for whatever minerals and whatnot they wanted from the, from the rock. But uh, that would certainly be a, a good way to pay, keep the rocks from coming back another time and smacking into us. And, you know, I'll be allowing companies to make money from, from the, the project. be a lot cheaper than uh, trying to push them out of the way. We don't even know if that would uh, save us or not. But uh, I think that is something that would uh, help out everyone concerned. Well, that's my thought on that. Yeah, okay, in other news, Royal Caribbean Cruise Line has got some uh, free publicity once again. It seems that when uh, one of the ships returned to Florida recently from a five or six day Caribbean cruise, over a hundred uh, people on the ship were ill with the neurovirus, the one that causes uh, severe vomiting and diarrhea. That usually lasts about three days, and then another day or two just to recuperate from all the stress and trauma. So, I mean, what better way to spend your retirement savings than being in a tiny stateroom bathroom on a board a ship for, you know, three or four days, puking your guts out? Sounds like a, a great vacation to me. Once again, Carnival has been, uh, well, a Royal Caribbean cruise line has been struck a low blow. But I think with all the uh, bad press that cruise lines have had in the past few months, that uh, uh, I'm surprised people are even signing up for the damn things. Ran into a goddamn island, have the boat sink under you, <clears throat> or uh, you know, have a fire that shuts down all of the uh, water systems and the food preparation, all the electricity in the ship. You get sick for three or four days and uh, can't do nothing about that either. If uh, you've got the money to blow on a cruise, 
shit's gonna happen. And no pun intended on that one. Okay, change of scenery here. Gonna go back to uh, commercials on television. Just because, you know, I hate them. The medical commercials are some of the, the very worst. I've noticed recently that uh, they've been advertising for customers or people who have used a certain kind of medical product to call in for a large class action lawsuit. You know, 1-800-BAT-DRUGS covers a whole litany of drugs and medical procedures and things like that. Well, the newest one is uh, the uh, Miranda IUD, the intrauterine device, which is supposed to help you avoid pregnancy. It's a plastic little T-shaped gadget that is inserted into the uterus and is supposed to stop a fertilized egg from adhering to the uterine wall and, and therefore growing into a baby. Well, apparently this device can puncture the uterine wall, can uh, migrate to another position in your body. Um, it has had uh, a lot of problems, apparently. So, lawyers are looking for people who want to sue the manufacturer. Well, I see that commercial fairly, fairly often on TV. One day, you know, they had that commercial on again asking for patients who have been injured by this to call them. Well, not 10 minutes later on the same damn channel, they're advertising the Miranda IUD as a way to prevent pregnancy and how, you know, simple it is. You just have it inserted and bang, you can't get pregnant for, I guess, however long you leave it in there. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you must have to, you know, replace it periodically, I guess. Anyway, there's a long string attached to the little guy, and uh, I guess that, like, you know, dangles down into the vagina area. So if anybody wants to swap it out or something, you just you know, give it a little tug here and there, and pops out. Hopefully. But the thing of it is, you know, here are people suing the manufacturer for uh, making this this product, which has injured people, and yet the company is still advertising the damn thing, trying to get people to buy it. So, what, 
what, what can we assume from this that uh, people are stupid because they are willing to risk their health by having this item inserted into them or that the uh, manufacturer is uh, just ignoring the problems this item has caused and they're of course looking for money so uh, money is the thing that drives people drives companies at any rate I don't know people are I, I, I think that you know people are stupid I'm gonna go with that one something else that uh, they have been advertising recently on TV is, is something new to me that's something I've never heard of it is a uh, I'm not really sure what it is I think it's a cream of some sort it comes in a tube-like object so you know it looks like it's probably a cream um, can't remember the name of the product shucks but the uh, the complication or the uh, problem that this cream is supposed to help alleviate is called vulvodynia vulvodynia okay it is apparently um, a situation where the uh, vulva or the outer lips of the female vagina become swollen and inflamed making it difficult to sit or wear any type of tight panties or just pants tight Levi's jeans whatever <clears throat> and <clears throat> God excuse me and this was uh, rather humorous um, when they had a woman riding a bicycle who apparently was suffering from vulvodynia uh, and it's apparently rather uncomfortable to ride a bicycle while you have this condition and although they didn't mention it I would suspect it's also rather uncomfortable to have sex with this condition so at any rate the uh, cream and they didn't actually discuss how you use this cream but I would again assume that cream is applied to the sore area of the body and it is supposed to help numb the area so that you can ride bikes again or have sex or wear a tight dance I guess um, at any rate here's just one more amazing medical product that they have to advertise on TV so it's just marvelous isn't it all right 
I got uh, one more piece of international bullshit to talk about here, and then we can move on to something more entertaining. In a Pakistani city, Muslims went on a rampage and burned 100 Christian homes because one of them reportedly said something disparaging about the Muslim God. Now we've heard about such things happening before when someone you know, draws a cartoon or tells a joke or something about Allah. And the curious thing about this is that why the Muslims feel they have to defend their God in such a way um, if God was offended, don't you think that God could take care of his own shit? And it just doesn't make any sense. You don't see, you know, Buddhists running around burning things and slaughtering people because somebody made a slur about Buddha. Well, that's a bad example, I guess. Buddhists don't believe in violence, per se. But <clears throat> I just find it unusual that uh, the Muslim God cannot uh, defend himself and uh, Muslim followers feel it necessary that they take vengeance for any slander spoken or printed about their God. Just, uh, just a curious note, that's all. I have nothing against Allah, Muslims, or Buddhists, or anybody else. I'll do their thing, just do it somewhere else. All right, <clears throat> well, we have a lot of uh, sexual information to give out tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, penises, anyone? Anyone for penises out there? Apparently, some of the uh, Animal Kingdom members have uh, curious and unusual penises. The largest penis in the animal kingdom belongs to the blue whale at, you know, nine feet or so, give or take an inch or so, you know. Oh, blue whales, yes. Well, they have... Uh, they, 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 they get the trophy for that one, I guess. All right. On the, um, the other side of the coin, as it were, gorillas, who are the largest, you know, primate, um, reportedly only have a two-inch penis. Now, I, I cannot verify this fact, but it uh, seems odd. Oh, <clears throat> moving right along. The Argentine Bluebill Lake Duck. This Argentina, by the way. Has a 17-inch long penis, which is shaped like a corkscrew. Uh, the reason it's shaped like a corkscrew is that it matches the female duck's vagina shape. Doesn't say anything about 
whether the female duck's vagina is 17 inches long or not. But I, uh, I guess the female duck doesn't really care. <clears throat> ah, moving right along, the lowly barnacle, which spends its entire life glued to rocks and other marine objects, uh, being stuck in one spot does make it hard to have sex with other barnacles. So they have uh, evolved a situation wherein they have technically the largest penis in the animal kingdom per size. These penises grow new each year just before their brief mating season. And depending on whether the barnacles are in calm water or, like, say, on a pier, you know, you've seen barnacles clustered on uh, the pier stays, the wooden legs of the pier, where the water crashes against the barnacles over and over again, all day and all night. In situations like that, where there's a lot of water movement, the barnacles produce a thicker, stronger penis, so it can avoid being thrashed about as much in the waves. Whereas, in calm water, they have a longer, narrow, slender penis, so they can reach out and touch people or barnacles around them, see if anyone is willing to partake, apparently. Okie dokie, <clears throat> the... Uh, Argonaut octopus, which is a form of nautilus, actually has a detachable, detachable penis. Um, their penis detaches from the Argonaut and swims off on its own, looking for lady parts to impregnate. All by itself it does that, so apparently the Argonaut does not enjoy sex at all because his penis just swims off on its own and it's kind of like a zombie sperm bank or sperm bomb I guess and apparently when it finds a female Argonaut it just does its job and well, actually, I don't know what happens to it. I suppose it drops off and dies. So, does that mean that the Argonaut also produces a new penis every year for uh, mating? Uh, nature is a strange beast. We also have, finally, or the final one we have, is the bean weevil type of beetle. The bean weevil has a penis which is covered with hard, sharp spikes. 
needless to say, um, these spikes scar the female's reproductive organ and apparently that is to keep the female from having sex with more than one female in, in a reproductive cycle. I'm sure she wouldn't want to do it again after that. Anyway, it also ensures that the uh, weevil who impregnates the female has his genes passed on because she ain't about to have that happen to her again. Okie dokie. Um, apparently, well, this is just a, a toss in here, apparently uh, male cats also have a bit of a spiked wanger on them. And uh, that's why during mating season you hear the cats yowl so much because when they are mating it's quite painful for the poor female. But that doesn't stop them from doing it more than once, obviously. Anyway. Okay, another science news. Oh, I forgot about this one. Um, in Japan, Kobe, Japan. Japanese have taken cloning to a whole new area, I guess. Um, they've cloned one mouse a total of 581 times, single mouse. And all of these mice are identical because they're clones of the original. They look exactly alike. <clears throat> the uh, problem with this information is, of course, that uh, it could lead to human cloning. And, you know, if the Japanese started cloning themselves and they all looked alike, well, how would we know? Yeah, never mind. Okay, apparently a scientist has discovered that male sperm is more active and stronger during the winter months, winter and early spring. And that's entirely feasible because since most mammals have their babies in the springtime, you would think, evolutionarily speaking, that sperm, male sperm would be more viable, stronger, when the female is most approachable. I myself was born in September, the end of September, so I was conceived probably in January, see, or late January, early February. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, so if you're looking to get pregnant, women try to uh, do your 
conceiving the winter months, January, February, because that's when your male counterpart is going to be the most, his sperm, rather, will be the most active. Excuse me. <clears throat> Psychologist in, uh, at Harvard, I believe, has recently come up with another reason as to why men like breasts. And uh, I don't understand what the big deal is. You know, if he's at Harvard, all he has to do is go down to the quad and ask, you know, a dozen or so student, male students, why they like breasts. And I'm sure that uh, they would all pretty much give him a, a similar answer to, well, we like breasts because they're cool, dude. The great big soft globs of fat. They're... Yeah, <clears throat> and they have a little little point of erectile tissue on the end that is also nice to suck on. But apparently, apparently, <clears throat> when babies are sucking on their mother's breasts, the stimulation of the nipple sends a chemical to the woman's brain that causes pleasure and it makes the woman pay attention to the child and to make sure that the child receives sufficient nourishment. Although most women I've ever talked to that were nursing said it hurt like hell but, uh, regardless, apparently the, uh, the chemical that sends pleasure to the woman's brain is also activated when grown men suck on their nipples or play with them, show them attention. Now, that is true for some women, absolutely, although not for all women. And I don't know why some women receive no pleasure from nipple foreplay, but many of them do. I wonder if it has anything to do with having a baby, because I know that, like, uh, cows do not give milk from their, you know, from their udders unless they've had a baby and the sucking on the other causes the milk to flow and even after the, the baby cow has grown up the cow still produces milk this has nothing to do with female arousal obviously but I just wonder if well I, that's totally beside the point <clears throat> and I guess we're done for the night. Too bad. Perhaps next week we'll get into something that, uh, something else. Yes, indeed. I say, guten tag to all, and to all a good night.
See you next time. I really like that Reaper Rick guy, too, but I never got to meet him. I think he and I could have the most interesting conversations about human reproductions, and I could have certainly think of a few things. <laughs> okay, you all ready for our next pick for this week on Flashback Fridays? All right, let's see what Miss Zoe picked and find out who will play next on the 70th episode. And it is... Okay, the second episode this week is Saturday Segments number 7. And this one is named Movies, Movies, Movies. Release date on January 19, 2013. It reads, Larry busts out the big guns as he breaks out a complete list of films to hit the big screen in 2013. And then cover some Oscar talk. But the fun doesn't stop there. Okay, I'm down for a little blast from the past with a little movie talk. Let's see what movies Larry brings to us up in Saturday segment number seven. Movies, movies, movies. Here we go. Oh, it's that time again. Well, this is Larry, and welcome to Saturday Segments. I want to talk about today, um, basically, I want to talk about new movies coming out this year. And also, I want to do a, uh, so I guess it's a summary of... Uh, the Oscar nominations, they were announced uh, a few days ago. We just recently had the uh, Golden Globe Awards and the People's Choice Awards. So now it is time to think about Oscars. So, um, I will talk about that also. And if I have time today, I will uh, talk about... Uh, <clears throat> Batman movies, uh, starting all the way back to 1943 and up to now. So anyway, I will talk about here a little bit about movies that are coming out uh, or, are, or, or are out now. Um, so here we go. Um, looks like it's going to be another... That is, this is out now, Texas Chainsaw, um, another remake. Um, I think it's been a while since this movie's been out. Um, I'm not sure uh, how long it's been. But anyway, uh, that is out now. There's another one called uh, The Impossible. Looks like that one is out now. Stars Ian McGregor and Naomi Watts. Uh, it looks like it's about the Thailand tsunami back in 2004. Uh, next one is called Promised Land. That one looks like it has Matt Damon and Francis McDermott. See. Looks like the basic plot is they're on a quest to take over a small town for its natural gas properties. Okay. <laughs> Next one, Gangster Squad. I've seen the previews of this. It looks pretty good. Um, Sean Penn is in it. Mickey, uh, oh, he plays Kingpin Mickey Cohen. Who else is in it? Uh, 
Josh Brolin, Ryan Gosling, and Anthony Mackie are in this one. A Haunted House is the next one. Um, it looks like it is a comedy. Um, name Martin. Um, Cedric the Entertainer, Bennett, Marlon Wayans, and Nikki Swartzons. Um, that's coming on next. Zero Dark Thirty comes out, uh, or is out now. It is about a tale of one woman's tireless efforts not to only take out Osama bin Laden, but take him out completely. Next one is Broken City. Uh, I talked about this not too long ago. It comes out the 18th of this month. Mark Wahlberg is in it. Uh, Russell Crowe is in it. Um, I've seen the reviews of this. It looks pretty good also. So we'll see about that one. The Last Stand. Arnold is coming back again. Uh, also stars Johnny Knoxville is in this movie. That's coming out. There's one called Mama. That looks like it's kind of a, it's a horror movie, horror slash thriller movie. It stars, let's see, is there any things in this? Let me look at here. I'm not sure. Okay. Another one coming out is called Movie 43. That stars Halle Berry, Emma Stone, Kristen Bell, Richard Gere, Uma Thurman. And it looks like it's 12 storylines, each directed by someone different. Okay. That sounds interesting. Parker is coming out. Um, that is a comedy movie. Jason Statham is in it. Also, Jennifer Lopez is in it. Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. Okay. <laughs> it's a sci-fi fantasy movie. Uh, Jeremy Reiner and Gemma Arlington are grown up as bounty hunters. And they go back after their witch hunters. Looks like. It's also a sci-fi fantasy movie. Bullet to the Head. Looks like this one stars Sylvester Stallone. He's an assassin who teams up with a New York cop to blast their way through Nolans and then their murdered partners. Okay. Stand Up Guys. Al Pacino, Christopher Walken, and Alan Arkin. Sounds interesting. So here they play online partners separated by a stint and a slammer who reunite, but the trouble is one of them has been hired to kill the other. Okay. Warm bodies. 
looks like a zombie type movie. Nicholas Holt as a speechless zombie in love with a human girl. Next one is Identity Theft. Theft. Jason Bateman is in this one. So is Melissa McCarthy. That comes out next month. Side Effects. Stephen, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Channing Tatum, Rooney Mara, and Jude Law. Okay, that sounds interesting. That comes out next month. Beautiful Creatures. Looks like a romance movie coming out. Um, let me see. <clears throat> Alice Englehart is a new is a newcomer. Um, says it took four years to bring this movie to life. From an album. There's a good day to die hard. Another die hard movie with Bruce Willis. He teams up with his oldest son to prevent a nuclear weapons heist. That comes out next month. Escape from Planet Earth. That looks like a animated movie. Cast including Sarah Jessica Parker, Jessica Alba, Sophia Verga, Vergara, Jane Lynch, and Brandon Fraser. Another one is called Safe Haven. Uh, stars Josh Drummel, Julianne Ho, Huff, Julianne Huff. I can never pronounce that name. Dark Skies, sci-fi is a horror thriller. It's like he's starring Carrie Russell and Josh Hamilton, a suburban family increasingly haunted by a mysterious supernatural force. That comes down next month. Here's one with Rock uh, called Split Snitch. Dwayne Johnson stars in it. He sinks deeper undercover inside a high-powered drug cartel. Next one is called 21 and Over. Let me see here. This one... Um, it's a comedy movie also. Pre-med college student who decides to roll the dice and head out on the town for a beer or two, even though he is set in their board medical school interview the next morning. Okay. Next one, Jack the Giant Slayer. Okay, says Jack, let's see, Nicholas Holt. He stars as Jack and an innocent farm farmhand who Despite his best intentions, sets off a series of high-stakes conflicts between our world and the land of fearsome giants. Okay, 
Okay, that sounds interesting. Uh, it comes out next. It comes out. That one comes out in March. Here is another one called the Lax the Last Exorcism Part Two. That's a horror movie. Next one is called Phantom. David Duchovny and Ed Harris are in this one. It sounds like a submarine action adventure movie about the haunted captain of a Soviet vessel who holds the world, who holds the fate of the world in his hands. Okay. Here's another one, Admission. Looks like it stars Tina Fey and Paul Rudd. Okay, these are all coming out in March. Next one is called Dead Man Down. It stars Colin Farrell and Numi Repace. Okay, that sounds interesting. Oh yeah, this one I look forward to. Oz the Great and Powerful. Comes out in March. Let's see, James Franco was in it. So is uh, Mila Kunis and Rachel Weisz is in it. That sounds like it'd be pretty good. Okay, this one, next one's called The Incredible Burt Wonderstone. Jim Carrey is in it. Olivia Wilde, Alan Arkin, Steve Buscemi. Sounds like a let's see, dueling magicians. Okay. Here's one called the Crudes, C R O D S. Nicholas Cage is in it. It's a family adventure. Here's one called Olympus Has Fallen. That stars Gerard Butler. Aaron Eckhart's in it, Morgan Freeman, Ashley Judd. This is that one. These are all coming out in March. Next one, G.I. Joe, Retaliation. Looks like they're making another G.I. Joe movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. That comes out in March also. Here's one called The Host. It is a sci-fi romance drama. It is a sci-fi thriller about a parasitic alien soul. There's another Tyler Perry movie. Temptation, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor. Looks like uh, Kim Kardashian's in this one. Okay, let's see. Next one, The Heat. Sandra Bullock is in this one. And Melissa McCarthy. Jurassic Park 3D coming out in April. 
Speaking of Jurassic Park, there's going to be a Jurassic Park 4, I understand. Um, Steven Spielberg is going to be the producer, but they haven't found a director yet. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with next. <laughs> it's been, oh, a good maybe, I don't know, 10 years since Jurassic Park 3. So, um, we will see what happens in this one. I'm not too sure yet. Here's one called 42. comes out in April. Sounds like it's a drama movie. Jackie Robinson. About Jackie Robinson. Next one called The Evil Dead. It's a remake. Scary Movie 5. <laughs> Another one. Okay, who's in this one? Ashley Tisdale, Simon Rex, Lindsay Lohan, Chris Elliott, and Charlie Sheen. I believe Charlie Sheen was in the last one, Scary Movie. I think it was in Scary Movie 3. Um, that comes out in April. Here's one called Oblivion. Um, Tom Cruise is in this one. Next one is called The Big Wedding. Uh, Robert De Niro, Diane Keaton, Susan Sarandon, Robin Williams, Katherine Heigl, Topher Grace, Topher Grace, Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried, and Ben Barnes. That sounds interesting. Here's one called Pain and Gain. Looks like Mark Wahlberg is in this one. It's an action comedy movie. Let's see. I'll just run out a few more. Iron Man 3 comes out in May. Looks like he will be... Sincere, the first standalone Marvel movie to ask the question. He faces off with a classic comic book antagonist all in uh, Madarian. That's Ben Kingsley's in that one. About Time is a sci-fi movie. Looks like Richard Curtis, oh, he directs Rachel McAdams, Bill Nye. Um, looks like it's kind of a time, time, time and space movie. They are able to move in and out of different eras. Okay. The Great Gatsby. Now this is a remake. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's in it. Tobey Maguire is in it. The original one, I believe, came out in the 70s. Um, I remember seeing it. I believe Sam Waterston was in that at the time. There's another Tyler Perry movie. 
call we the peoples okay. oh yeah Star Trek next Star Trek movie comes out Chris Pine is in it Zachary Quinto comes out in May May the 17th says the movie they believe to be the strongest second chapter in Trek history here's one called epic it's animation Fast and Furious 6 comes out in May looks like Vin Diesel is in this one Gina Carano and Luke Evans and also Michelle Rodriguez is in this one also oh they're doing another hangover movie hangover part 3 the purge uh, Ethan Hawke is in this one after earth like Will and Jaden Smith are in this one. The internship looks like Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn are in this one. There's one called Now You See Me. Jesse Eisenberg is in it, Morgan Freeman. Isma Fisher, Mark Ruffalo, Woody Harrelson are in this one. So is Michael Caine. Man of Steel comes out in June. Let's see. Henry Cavill plays Superman. Amy Adams is Lois Lane. Michael Shannon is evil General Zod, and Russell Crowe plays Jarrell, who is Superman's father, Kal-El. That's in May. This is the end. Comes out in May. Or just June. I'm sorry. I said May. Seth Rogen, J. Marcel, James Franco, Craig Robinson. Here's Monsters University. This goes back to Sully and Mike and, Michael and Mike's college days. That comes out in May. Oh, June, I'm sorry. I keep saying May. World War Z. Brad Pitt is in this one. Um, Comes out in June. There's Kick Ass 2. Comes out in June. White House Down comes out in June. Comes out in June. Despicable, Despicable Me comes out. Despicable Me 2 comes out. 
That's also this is July. The Lone Ranger comes out in June, July. Um, there's Grown Ups 2. Grown Ups, yeah, Grown Ups 2. Adam Sandler, Kevin James, David Spade, and Chris Rock and Rob Schneider are in this one. Pacific Rim comes out in July. That looks pretty good. I've seen the previews. There's The Conjuring. A horror thriller movie. R.I.P.D. This is in July. Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds. Comes out. Turbo. It's an animated movie. Comes out. The Wolverine. Starring Hugh Jackman. Comes back as Wolverine. That's in July. Rise of an Empire comes out in August, okay. Red 2, Bruce Willis, Mary Louise Parker, Helen Murin, and John Malkovich coming out. Oh, the Smurfs come out. Smurfs 2. That comes out in August. Elysium. That's like Matt Damon. Matt Damon's been doing a lot of movies lately. That takes place in the year 2159, where poor people are confined to a deceptive earth while the rich are allowed to inhabit a clean, man-made station called Elysium. Okay, okay, let's see here. Where the Millers? Looks like Jennifer Aniston is in this one. And Emma Roberts. Emma, Emma Roberts, I'm sorry. Two Guns. Mark Wahlberg and Denzel Washington. That comes out in August. Sea of Monsters. Action fantasy movie. That's August. The To-Do List. A comedy that comes out in August. There's Mortal Instruments. It says... Clara Fay, Carly Fay, who discovers that she is descended from a line of shadow hunters, a secret group of half angel warriors. You're next. There's a horror movie that comes out in August. Close, close circuit. That stars Eric Bana and Rebecca Hall. Here's Getaway. I believe that's a remake. Ethan Hawke's in it. Um, that comes out in August. 
Insidious chapter 2. One Direction concert movie. Okay, let's see. A hugely popular musical act, over 13 million records sold worldwide and counting. That's in August. There's one called Satanic. That comes out in August. Riddick. Like Vin Diesel again. That comes out in September. Battle of the Year. Let's see. Comes out in September. I, Frankenstein. Okay. Aaron Eckhart's in this movie. It's about a Frankenstein monster named Adam who lives through the centuries and now finds himself caught up in a long-standing battle between two immortal clans. Prisoners comes out. September, Hugh Jackman is in this one. And also Jake Gyllenhaal is in this one. It's called Prisoners. There's one called Rush. It's an action movie. Sounds like it is a about a Formula Formula One racing all stars in the nineteen seventies. Oh, they're doing episode two of Attack of the Clones in three D in September. It says presented here on the big screen and larger than my three D. There's Cloudy with a chance of meatballs too. Coming out in September. There's Runner Runner. That's about Affleck and Justin Timberlake. The Tomb. Looks like Sylvester Stallone's in this one. It's an action movie. And it looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger's in this one. Here's one called The Delivery Man. Vince Vaughn is in this one. That comes out in October. There's Paranoia. Comes out in October. There's Sin City, the Dane, a Dane to kill for. Jessica Alba, Rosario Dawson, Mickey Rourke are coming back. Okay, September or October, we're showing episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, in 3D. So all three of them, well, let's see, I should tell. Episode 2 and episode 3 are coming back in 3D. There's Captain Phillips. Tom Hanks is in this one. Oh, okay. This one about the true story of a man whose ship was overtaken by Somali pirates. That was just recently. Here's one called Old Boy. Old Boy. Uh, Josh Brolin is in it. That comes out in October. <clears throat> Carrie. That's in October. 
Chloe Grace Moretz casts as a shy, lonely teenager Carrie. Julianne Moore takes on the role of Carrie's depressive, stifling, stifling mother. There's Malavita. Looks like it's going to be uh, Robert De Niro, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Tommy Lee Jones. That comes out in October. The Seventh Son, fantasy movie, Jeff Bridges, Julianne Moore, that's coming out. Let's see, we're in October still, uh, Paranormal Activity 5, the plot has yet to be revealed, it says here. The World's End comes out in October, looks like... Uh, Anyway, Ender Game, sci-fi movie, let's see, Harrison Ford, Asa Butterfield, Ben Kingsley, and Haley Stein, Steinfeld, that comes out in November, okay, oh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, cool, if you guys, if anybody, if you're baby boomers, remember, uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman on the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. That's going to be an animated movie. There's Thor, The Dark World. Comes out in November. There's Untitled Sequel to The Best Man. That's also that's November, I'm sorry. That's in October, November. Uh, last one is November, too. The Hunger Games... Catching Fire comes out in November. Frozen, this is another animated movie. Comes out. The Hobbit, The Desolation of SMAU Smag or something, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> anyway, that's a sequel to The Hobbit, which is out now. That's in December. There's Tyler Perry. A Medea Christmas comes out in December. Monument Men, George Clooney directs this one. Looks like it stars Daniel Craig, Matt Damon, Kate Blanchett, and Bill Murray. It is about stolen artwork that was stolen by the Nazis before Hitler's destroyed before Hitler destroyed them. Okay. Here's one called Las Vegas. Okay, Robert De Niro, Michael Douglas, and Morgan Freeman are in this one. Anchorman, Will Ferrell comes back again, looks like. Saving Mr. Banks. Oh, okay. Tom Hanks portrays Walt Disney. In the behind-the-scenes drama about making a Mary Poppins. Oh, that sounds interesting. Hmm. Walking with Dinosaurs 3D comes out. These are all December now. 47 Ronin. Keanu Reeves is in this one, looks like. 
Jack Ryan. Oh, another Tom Clancy movie. Tom Clancy book. Chris Pine is in it. Kara Knightley. Kevin Costner. That's on Christmas Day. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And that's a rerun. That's a, not a rerun, but a remake. With uh, Ben Stiller, it's like. Okay. Um, that was the movies that are coming out this year. So now we will look at... Now I want to look at the 10 most disappointing movies of 2012. And we'll go through that list here. Okay, so let us look at the 10 most disappointing movies of 2012. Okay, the first one <laughs> I thought was good. It's Dark, dark Shadows. Um, you know me, I'm a Dark Shadows fan. Always have been. Personally, I like the movie. Um, I like that Johnny Depp did a great job in Barnabas Collins. Um, I don't know. I disagree with them. Um, I like the movie. It followed the show pretty closely um, with the main characters. So that one I have to disagree with. Prometheus... Um, like I said before, I had a little trouble following this movie. Uh, it was a good movie. It was a good movie. Um, I'm not saying it was a bad movie, but like I said, it was kind of, uh, hard to follow in some places. The next one they talk about is The Watch. Uh, i never seen this movie, so... I couldn't give you a good review about it. Uh, Adam uh, Ben Stiller is in it. Uh, John Johnny Hill. Brave. I've seen parts of it. It looks pretty. It looked pretty good. Um, um, like I said, I've never seen the movie, so I couldn't give you a good review about it. It was good or bad. Let me see. This one I've never seen. Um, Savages. I say it was another bad movie. John Carter. I tried watching this other night. Um, <laughs> uh, it was on uh, HBO. I had a free preview weekend uh, last weekend. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um. I don't know. Uh, not sure. You know, uh, it looked interesting, you know, <laughs> to me, so I don't know. And to watch the whole thing. This one I've never seen Flight with Denzel Washington. Um, I heard it was pretty good. You know, uh, good and bad, you know, 
like all re like all movie reviews. Looper, I never seen this one. I wanted to see it. Um, I believe, yeah, was in this. Uh, Bruce Willis and was in this one. John Gordon Levin was in this one. Joseph Gordon Levin, I'm sorry. The Born Legacy. Never seen that one? Uh, I know Matt Damon wasn't in this one. Um, so I, I've seen the original one. The Born Legacy, I've seen that one. I thought it was good, but this one, I'm not too sure. Mamie's a Rob. They say that was a bad movie. Um, and also, I understand, got a Razzie this year. Um, so I don't know. Um, I've seen other ones. I've seen the other Les Miserables movies. So I really couldn't compare them to this one now. Okay, so that's what they're talking about. The 10 worst movies of last year. <clears throat> I know there's been worse movies than that. <laughs> so, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, okay, I want to look at... Real quickly... Top box office movies. Um, this is, I believe, last week or this week. Um, number one movie is The Hobbit, 9.2 million. Zero Dark Thirty, uh, 24.4 million. Gangster Squad, 17.1 million. A Haunted House, 18.1 million. Life of Pi. 2.7 million. Gangster Squad, 17.1 million. Jack Reacher, 4.8 million. Django Unchained, 11 million. The Impossible, The Impossible, 2.5 million. And Les Miserables at 9.6 million. So those were the top ones. <clears throat> I want to look at some more here. Let's see, here's some more. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook, 41.3 million. Lincoln, so far, has made 152.6 million. Rise of the Guardians, 98.8 million. Parental Guidance, 60.6 uh, .6 million. The Untouchables, 13.2 million. Armor, Amour, I should say, 63.8 million. Texas Chainsaw, 30.9 million. Finding Nemo, 41.1 million. And that's it. Okay, hold on. Okay, now I want to talk about the Oscars. Like I said, we already had the Golden Globes and the People and the and People's Choice Awards. So let me see here.
first of all, um, the ones for best picture are, and if you're following this, write it down. Amour. The next one is Argo. The next one is Beast of the Southern Wind. The next one is Yank, Yank, Django Unchained. Name is a Rob. Life of Pi. Lincoln. Play Silver Linings Playbook and Zero Dark Thirty. Let's see, Best Actor. Bradley Cooper in Silver Linings Playbook. Hugh Jackman, Les Miserables. Denzel Washington in Flight. Daniel Day-Lewis in Lincoln. And Joaquin Phoenix in The Master. Best Actress, Jessica Chastain for Zero Dark Thirty. Emmanuel Riva for Amour. Naomi Watts for The Impossible. Jennifer Lawrence, Silver Linings Playbook, and <laughs> Givazani Wallace, Wallace for Beast of the Southern Wind. Supporting Actor Alan Arkin in Argo, Philip Seymour Thomas in The Master, Christopher Waltz in Django and Chain. Robert De Niro, Silver Linings Playbook, and Tommy Lee Jones in Lincoln. Supporting actress Amy Adams in The Master, Anne Hathaway in The Miserable, Jackie Weaver in Silver Linings Playbook, Sally Field in Lincoln, and Helen Hunt in The Session. Best Director Michael Hennick for Armor, Amour, David Russell, Silver Linings Playbook, Behind Second, Zet Dedalin for Beast of the Southern Wind, Ang Lee for Life of Pi, and Steven Spielberg for Lincoln. Okay. Let me see here. Um, Here is uh, more of them. Animated feature, Brave, Frankenweenie, Paranorman, The Pirates, Band of Misfits, and Wreck-It Ralph. <coughs> Cinematography, Seamus McGarvey for Anna Karina, Robert Richardson for Django Unchained, Claudio Miranda for Life of Pi, Janice Kaminsky for Lincoln and Roger Deacon for Skyfall. Costume design Jacqueline Duran for Anna Karina. Paco Delgado, Lamisa Rob. Jonah Johnson, Johnston Lincoln. Lincoln. Iko Ishikoa in Mirror Mirror and Colleen Atwood, Snow White and the Huntsman. Directing Michael Hennick. For Amour. Did I just say that? Yeah, I think I did. Directing. Documentary Five Broken Cameras, The Gatekeepers, How to Survive a Plague, The Invisible War, and Searching for a Sugar Man. 
Documentary short subject, Innocent, King's Point, Monday at Racine, Open Heart and Redemption. Film editing, William Goldberg, Goldenberg for Argo, Tim Squires for Life of Pi, Michael Kahn for Lincoln, Jay Cassidy and Crispin Struthers for Silver Linings Playbook, Dylan Titchnor and William Goldberg, Goldenberg for Zero Dark Thirty. Foreign film, Amour, Austria, Antiki, Norway, No, Chile, A Royal Fair, Denmark, and Warwich, Canada. Makeup, Howard Berger, Peter Montaigne, and Martin Samuel for Hitchcock. Peter Swartz, King, Richard, Finlander, and Tammy Lane for The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Lisa Westcott and Julie Dartnell for Les Miserables. Musical score, Dario Martinelli for Anna Karina. Alexander Desplat, Argo. Michael Dana, Life of Pi. John Williams, Lincoln, and Thomas Newman, Skyfall. And there is a lot more. <laughs> I will uh, skip down to short film animated, Adam and Dog, Fresh Guacamole, Head Over Heels, Maggie Simpson, The Longest Daycare, and The Longest Daycare, and Paper Man. Short film live action, Assad, Busk, She Boys, Curfew, Death of a Shadow, and Henry. Okay. Visual effects Joe Letiri, Eric Sedendon, and David Clayton, and R. Christopher White for Life of Pi. Bill Westenhofer, Eric Jan DeBoer, and Donald Elliott for Hobbit. Janet, Janky Sir, Jeff White, Guy Williams, and Dan Sudik for Marvel, The Avengers. Richard Stammers, Trevor Wood, Charlie Henley, and Martin Hill for Prometheus. And Cedric Nicholas Troyan, Philip Brennan, Neil Cordbaum, and Michael Dawson for Snow White and the Hudson. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> So anyway, um, I know there's a few movies that got snubbed. Um, I understand The Dark Knight Rises got snubbed. Um, that always happens. I mean, uh, movies are going to get snubbed. Uh, actors and actresses are going to get snubbed. Uh, people have their favorites. They have their you know, they have their, their favorite movie or favorite actor or favorite director or producer. You know, it's just basically um, politics, you know. You know, that, it happens all the time. It happens all the time, you know. And, and, and you know, it happens. Um, that's the way things are sometimes. I don't know why. It just is. Um. I like movies. I haven't seen too many movies this year. Um, 
I would like to see more movies this year. Uh, I'm looking forward to a few movies that are coming out this year, like um, uh, the ones I mentioned before. But we'll see, you know. I may or may not watch the Oscars. I may, you know, just kind of follow it. I might watch some of it. I might not watch all of it. Depends. Uh, I know all of you like movies. Uh, and that's why I like talking about it on my podcast. I want to keep you informed on what's going on out there. Uh, Gossip-wise, uh, you know, what's going on with the actors and actresses. Like, for instance, uh, I heard Britney Spears is not going to be on X-Factor next year, next season. She wants to go back uh, to the recording studio. Uh, you know, that's her choice. If she wants to do that, you know. Um, Mariah Carey's coming back uh, this year for, uh, I think it's She's coming back. Um, so, you know, um, I like talking about movies. I really do. Um, I grew up watching movies. Um, I have favorite movies. Um, my favorite... Um, my favorite all time is for a, good few, for a few dollars more. With Clint Eastwood. Um, that's a great movie. Um... I love that movie. I watch it. I could watch it a hundred times and I get tired of it. Um, my sci- favorite sci-fi movie besides Star Wars, uh, Godzilla. Uh, he's coming out. They're making a new one coming out next year. Uh, superhero movie. Superhero movies. Uh, Batman. I love Batman. Um, I'll try to talk about Batman next time. I think it's a chance to this time. Uh, I like some comedies, um, action adventure movies, yeah, I like action adventure movies, um, I'm a big, huge sci-fi fan, I've always had them, uh, I think it started when I saw my first Godzilla movie, um, horror Star Wars, I love Star Wars, I love all of them. Also, Star Trek. I like the Star Trek movies. I'm looking forward to the new one coming out this year. Pacific Rim. Uh, that looks like a good movie. I want to see that one. Um, drama. I like drama movies. Um, some, you know, some I like some drama movies. I like. But, like I said, I'm mostly uh, a sci-fi fan, uh, superhero fan, like Batman. Uh, like I said, last time I was a little disappointed how uh, The Dark Knight Rises ended. But, it left it open, you know, for another movie. And we'll see what happens. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the Justice League movie coming out. Uh, it's in, I guess you call it pre-production right now. So we'll see how that turns out. 
Um, we'll see, you know. Um, I like, I watch movies as much as I can. Uh, I enjoyed the free preview last weekend. I got to watch, uh, the 1989 Batman movie. Uh, I recorded a few movies, like the second Laura Croft movie. You know, it's just... I like movies. <laughs> what can I say? Um, and I know you like movies and TV. And uh, some of your favorites are coming back on TV, like Dallas and uh, White Collar. Um, I don't believe Bernos will be back till September. I mean, sorry, won't be back till the summer. Uh, I like Bernos. Some are disappointed not coming, I haven't seen come back, like um, Body of Proof, that's with Dina Delaney, um, that never came back, and also Fairly Legal with Sarah Shahai, that never came back. I noticed she's on uh, Chicago Fire now, um, she has a recurring role on Chicago Fire. I like that show, I like Chicago Fire, it's really good. It's kind of a little bit, I don't know, not kind of like emergency and uh, backdrop, sort of, if you know what I mean. So anyway, um, next time I will talk about Batman. Um, I want to talk about the movies and the TV series. Uh, the animated series, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, a brief history of Batman, a brief, a little brief history of Batman, how he got started. I know most of you know how he got started, but I'll give my little rundown of how he got started and how I got started watching Batman. So until then, uh, go see a movie. Uh, there's a lot of movies coming out this year, like I've read before. If you watch the Oscars, go vote online for your favorite movie actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, director, stuff like that. Uh, and I already told you that they're making another Jurassic Park movie, Jurassic Park 4. That's all I know. I never, I don't know who's going to be in it. Uh, Steven Spielberg is producing it. Uh, they don't have a director yet. So we will see what happens. Like I said, it's been over 10 years since Jurassic Park 3. You know, I don't know who's going to be in it. Or I know that they're doing a 3D version of Jurassic Park. Uh, like I mentioned, they're always doing it. They're doing a 3D version of uh, Episode 2 of Star Wars, Attack of the Clones, and Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Anyway, till then, I will sign off for now. Keep listening to our podcast on jayzoman.com. So until next time, I will be signing off, and bye for now. So I do not recall any of those movies. The only movie I remember off the top of my head from 2013 is that one movie, Argo, which won the Oscar for Best Picture, and Ben Affleck won Best Director. Anyways, I digress.
Coming around the corner, we see the finish line for this episode of Flashback Fridays with the final pick from my niece Zoe. She decided to close this week with Don't Get Us Started, number three, entitled Understanding and Accepting. This one came out on Wednesday, August 28, 2013. The info reads, Sadie and Lacey talk about sensitive subjects that has made public news lately about a young boy with autism whose grandmother received a dreadful hate letter. Afterward, they reveal the secret to their workout session and then chat about people who were in love with inanimate objects. Inanimate objects, huh? Didn't Terry Shear talk about that last week? I think... I see a trend. Okay, and let's push play and find out. Hi, everybody, and welcome once again to Don't Don't Get Get Us Started. Tonight, we're going to do a little something different to start our show, and I'm kind of, in a way, I sort of want to apologize, because this is not going to be a real up subject, but it is something that's very near and dear to our hearts, especially to Lacey. Yes. Um, who was online today and came across a really disturbing piece of information that we're going to share with you and uh, give you our... Not the whole show. No, no, and not the whole piece of information either. But uh, And then we want to present the other side of the coin, yes. so to speak. Um, anyhow, I forgot to say... <laughs> I'm Miss Sadie Burbank. And I'm Lacey Montoya. There you go. And uh, we're here in uh, beautiful downtown Apple Valley, once again in the uh, living room with the fans going. Because it's, it's really so humid. Sticky day. It's thunder. Hot. Clouds outside. No freaking rain. No rain. Just a lot of threats. Yeah. Uh, and so we're going to... We're going to get through this first part. Then we're going to take a little bit of a break and and uh, recover ourselves. This is getting to sound more and more ominous <laughs> by the minute. Uh, and then we're going to come back and hopefully have uh, a cheerful end to our podcast. Yes, so, this letter we're about to read, so it don't bugged want, me. Yeah, so I wanted to get off my chest. If you don't want to get pissed off, then you might want to hang up and... Listen no, to I don't really think they're going to get pissed off. It's now, just actually, I I would like I would like everybody to know about this. Whether whether you are, uh, we're going to be speaking about autism. Yeah, whether you're directly involved or know anyone who's directly involved with the syndrome of autism or not, uh, we think it's an important uh, it's going to be an important bit of understanding of uh, becoming more enlightened about people with. Disabilities. It's not going to go away, so we kind of need to learn about it. I, myself, have a nephew who has autism, mm-hmm. and he's on the high end of the spectrum. Um, Be- my meaning? Meaning he is non-functional. He doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. He's not potty trained, and he will be 13 in January, mm-hmm. and he does a lot of stimming, which mm-hmm. means that they do body movements. They'll flap their arms or hit their chest or just bounce, just they can't sit still. And I asked my son, who's also autistic, how can you do that? And he says, because I have to. He goes, if I don't, I feel inside I'm going to explode. It somehow helps to circumvent the input that they're getting. It gives a little bit of a release. Right. But with Jaden, we kind of, with him being verbal, we can... That's your son. Yes. Okay. We can have him go to different direction instead of the stimming. Right. Um, we get him to do his energy some some other way. And he will let you talk him down a little bit, too. I know David has yes. said that. He does allow you to 
help him refocus yes. instead of stemming. I yes. know that uh, the the day that you guys had the Vegas car problem and all, uh, yeah. he got upset about uh, something, and David got him to focus on a fly. Yeah. And it totally worked, got him off the stemming action and on. Okay, well, let's let's save some of that for, for later, and let's get to the thing that, that got you so upset yes, off the letter. Internet. This uh, was posted on the Internet, uh, <clears throat> and it's about uh, a situation that happened in Ontario, Canada. The police there are aware of the situation. There was a hateful letter that was reportedly sent last week to uh, a resident of Newcastle, Ontario, which is just west of Toronto. This resident is, uh, it says she hosts her 13-year-old grandson. I presume what that means is she lets the son, grandson stay with her during uh, summer days. But I don't know why. It doesn't say. It doesn't matter. This is, These are excerpts uh, from the Internet of the letter. And I'm quoting. I also live in this neighborhood. This I, is a letter I that wasn't gonna do this. this letter was <laughs> received from the gra- to the grandmother yeah. from a next door right. neighbor or somebody on their block. Right. And I was not going to cry when I read this, and I'm not going to cry because it's important that they hear this. I also live in this neighborhood and have a problem. Several exclamation points after that. You have a kid that is mentally handicapped, and you consciously decided that it would be a good idea to live in a close proximity neighborhood like this, question marks, several of them. You selfishly put your kid outside every day and let him be a nothing but a nuisance and a problem to everyone else with that noise-polluting wailing Mm -mm. he constantly makes, several exclamation points. That noise he makes when he is outside is dreadful, in capital letters, several exclamation points. It scares the hell out of my normal children, exclamation points. Again, I am quoting from this letter. Crying babies, music, and even barking dogs are normal sounds in a residential neighborhood, exclamation points. He is not, in capital letters, followed by several exclamation points. He is a nuisance to everyone and will always be that way, several exclamation points. Who the hell is going to care for him? There must be at least ten question marks after that. No employer will hire him. No normal girl is going to marry slash love him. And you are not going to live forever! Exclamation points. They should take whatever non-retarded body parts he possesses. Oh my God. And donate it to science. What the hell else good is he to anyone? Exclamation point. This is somebody's baby, somebody's love of their life. Let me finish. You had a retarded kid deal with it properly. Exclamation points. What right do you have to do this to working people? Exclamation points. I hate capital letters. People like you who believe just because you have a special needs kid, you are entitled to special treatment. God, in big letters, exclamation points. Go live in a trailer, 
in the woods or something with your wild animal kid. Nobody wants you living here, and they don't have the guts to tell you, exclamation points. Do the right thing and move or euthanize him. Either way, we are all better off. Okay, that's the letter, and as you can tell, it was not easy for me to read, and I don't have an autistic child. I don't have a child with special needs. My children were blessed with health and are grown, and their children are blessed with health and are grown. But Lacey is in a different category than I am insofar as you have not only a child with special needs, you have a nephew with special needs, and you have learned so much more about being the parent of a child with special needs than I will ever be able to fathom. If you can, without just ranting, right? give us some feedback on this. This, what, 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 if you'd gotten this letter, how do you think you would have reacted? I can't say on air because then they'll put me in jail. <laughs> I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. I, I kind of have to agree with you there. I think I'd be tempted to look for something blunt and sharp or. Yes. <laughs> blunt and sharp is sort of a mixture there, but it either would do something blunt and heavy or sharp and pointy, but. The, what I'm assuming the noises this child was making, he was just stimming, like I said, flapping the arms. And yeah, we don't know why the grandmother puts him outside. Right? Maybe, as I pointed out off off uh, microphone to you, maybe the grandma puts him outside because something inside makes him stem more. We don't know. Overstimulated. Because, yeah, it's possible. I mean, she's watching her stories or, you know, whatever the hell. Something may, it may Usually be Usually when they're stimming, if they're o- overstimulated. Right. Or they're trying to say, hey, I need a drink of water, but they can't use their words. And they get so frustrated, it comes out as noises or of the flapping, the stimming. Right. Or yelling or screaming if he's really upset. Yes, because they're frustrated. you got to understand how... Like when you forget a word, you're like, shit, what's that word? Right. You gotta re- Or we these- go Google it and yeah. find out what the word these is. These kids yeah. and young adults. They can't. They don't have that ability. Yeah. So it comes out differently. Yeah. Maybe, and I, we don't know this because we're not given this information in anything that accompanied the article online. Just the letter but, from the neighbor. Right. And, and responses from other, uh, people who online have read this and were, right. were upset by it. But we don't know how much experience the grandmother has with the child. The child's 13. Yes. And he visits her in the summertime, apparently. has. But it, done, doesn't, it doesn't matter if grandma's experienced with it or not. I'm a mother of yes, an autistic child, and everything, every day is different. But my point is this. If, if I were to take care of my autistic grandchild, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand stemming, and its origins and its causes, right. I might not know what the proper thing to do is either. Right. So what I'm saying, suggesting is the possibility that grandma doesn't necessarily know, uh, although you would think since she at least has done this yeah, one, we don't more know, than one time. We don't know their side of the story. We don't know their side of the story. We don't know whether she knows how to deal creatively and effectively with 
whatever is upsetting him at the time. And apparently, from the what little intelligible comment there was in the letter, and there was damn little of it, but what little comment there was, apparently this has occurred on more than one occasion. Yeah, it sounds that way. It sounds that way. So, And so Grandma he, could try to keep uh, Grandson in the house, like with my nephew. He loves to be outside. Of course. Why he not? will. All kids like to be yes. out, especially in the summertime. Yes. Why not? But, uh, you know, he will have a fit because you won't let him outside if it's raining right, or whatever, and right. he wants to go. Right. And, and, again, we don't know if he's, like, running around in the yard screaming and hollering. We don't know. Uh, and, and I am by no means, before anybody gets a misconception, I am by absolutely no means trying to find an excuse for this letter because, in my opinion, there, isn't there one. is no excuse for this letter. Uh, if it would be one thing if the the letter writer who by the way was too spineless to admit to who they were coward. um it would be one thing if that person went to the grandmother and yes. said you know this is really bothering me can you help me understand what's going on here yes and you know i'm sure that grandma could at least explain that what he was has going autism on. Right. and so on and you know that to me that would be sort of a creative way of dealing with the problem but, but to be euthanized to, well that and you know, to that live in a trailer that was only one suggestion in the woods that the, where he doesn't need to yeah. be part of society obviously this person is unenlightened Possibly uneducated. In fact, uh, because you did hear me actually read verbatim what I was seeing, you may have detected the fact that there were several grammatical errors in the letter. So I would say that the level of education of this person could be questionable. Uh, and we all know that enlightenment comes with education. At least those of us who are enlightened and educated know that. But what is she teaching her normal yeah. Children. Well, I don't know. See, there's, you know, there's normal and, and then there's... What is normal? Normally uneducated, normally ignorant, normally stupid, normally insensitive, normally, uh, I don't know, you know, what, what's normal? You're not normal, I'm not normal, no. nobody's normal. No. Average, perhaps, uh, but even then, uh, average only pertains to a very small circle of people. Yeah. You know, this, this group of people here in this room's average. For this group of people in this room, right. but the guys next door, not so much, okay? Because yeah. the guys next door are different than yes. we are. So everybody's not normal. Everybody's not average. Uh, if we're all normal, what a boring world this would be. But uh, to to further support our contention that, uh, and, and we are about to express that contention that. Individuals with disabilities uh, can and frequently do bring so much more to the table than individuals such as the one who wrote that scathing piece of bullshit. We are presenting as evidence of that fact several people to whom we would like to draw your attention. Did I say that backwards? Anyhow, we'd like you to know about these people, if you don't already. The first one we'd like you to know about is Temple Grandin. Oh, I love her. Temple Grandin was born August 29, 1947, in Massachusetts, which doesn't matter. Uh, she was diagnosed with autism at the age of two in 1949. 
Diagnosed and labeled with brain damage at that early age, she was placed in a structured nursery school, which she considers to have been good teachers, or had good teachers for her. Uh, her mother spoke to a doctor who suggested speech therapy and hired a nanny who spent hours playing with Brandon and her sister. She suffered from, excuse me, delayed speech development. That's usually a sign of autism. Began speaking at the age of four. I also had a very close and dear friend who had a Ph.D. in chemistry and was a professor of chemistry for more years than I care to admit or more than she would care to admit. And she didn't start talking until she was five. So that may or may not necessarily indicate anything. Right, but that's okay. one of the signs that, is that one of the signs. Yes. Um she uh, had uh, de- developmental guidelines anticipate a vocabulary of 8 to 10 words at eight, age 18 months. Uh Grandin considers herself lucky to have had supportive members, mentors, I'm sorry, from primary school onwards. She had a very unpleasant time in high school. She was considered the nerdy kid. Everybody ridiculed and bullied her. When her when she walked down the hallways at school, her fellow students would taunt her by calling her tape recorder because she would repeat to herself constantly. She says she can laugh about that now, but it very it hurt her very much at the time. I'm sure it did. Temple Grandin is an American doctor of American science, of animal science, I'm sorry, and a professor at Colorado State University. She's a best-selling author, autistic activist, and consultant to the livestock industry. She also created the Hug Box, a device to calm autistic children, possibly when they're stemming. Yes, when they're feeling overwhelmed and overstimulated. She was, is the subject of an award-winning biographical film, Temple Grandin, which was put out in 2010. She was listed in the Time 100 list of the 100 most influential people in the world in the heroes category. Go back to the hug box. In her movie, she was ridiculed by the school. Um, they were saying it was sexual. Hmm. Because of the contraption she made. Hmm. And they just didn't understand. Of course they didn't. Or they wouldn't have said it. All right, here's another. And I'm pretty sure you would all recognize this name. Mr. Bill Gates. Bill, Bill Gates is widely reported to display many personality traits characteristic of the condition known as Asperger's Syndrome. And I apologize for the rattling of papers. Asperger's is the leading, the least disabling form of autism, and research is beginning to show that it may account for the presence of some special capabilities in areas like mathematics, computer science, and engineering. But the same genes may also create a person who is socially awkward easily distracted, very introspective, and in many ways withdrawn and solitary. Doesn't seem to have hurt Bill Gates too much. No. Nor his bank account. No. (laughs) Helen Keller. 
was born with the ability to see and hear. At 19 months old, she contracted an illness described by doctors as an acute congestion of the stomach and brain. I should say, actually, that Helen was born in the 1800s. That may help explain some of this. I didn't really mention that. Right. For those of you who do not know who Helen Keller was, most of this information we're giving you, by the way, is available on any good computer with or without Google. I use Google. You use Yahoo. I use Google. Whatever. Anyway, she had what the doctors described as acute congestion of the stomach and brain. I love that. It's so widespread. So sickeningly vague, which might have been their interpretation or what they were well, looking at. Well, you got to think that was a long time ago, so medical they, technology wasn't. Right. What they were looking at may have been scarlet fever or meningitis. The illness left her both deaf and blind. At the time, she was able to communicate somewhat with the six-year-old daughter of the family, Cook, who understood her signs. At the age of seven, Keller had more than 60 home signs to communicate with her family, which I find really interesting because uh, there wasn't anyone to teach her those things. No. She taught herself that. Uh, a fact which, if you've ever seen The Miracle Worker, which is uh, a movie made about Helen Keller's life, that never gets mentioned either. No? It never gets... Uh, you think attention that be... never gets made. I mean, they show her using signs that she used for, like, her mother and mm-hmm. so on, but they never really point out the fact that that nobody taught her that. Right. She taught herself that. In any case... Uh, in 1886, Keller's mother was inspired by an account in Charles Dickens' American Notes, which was written in 1842. It was uh, about the successful education of another deaf and blind woman named Laura Bridgman. I, I, you and I were talking about this, Lacey, before we started our podcast tonight, and I I mentioned I found it fascinating that in 1842, Charles Dickens wrote an account of the education of a deaf and blind woman, and 44 years later, Helen Keller's mother picks it up, reads it, and finds a a bridge to sanity for the whole family out of it. It just blows me away. In any case, uh, inspired by Dickens' book, uh, Helen Keller's mother sent Helen and her father to a doctor who was an, uh, an ear, nose, and throat specialist in Baltimore for advice. And he referred them to Alexander Graham Bell, who was at that time working with deaf children. I believe, too, if I'm not mistaken, Alexander Graham Bell's wife was also deaf. But I only think that because I saw it in a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could or not be true. I'm not positive on that issue, so don't hold me to it. Bell advised them to contact the Perkins Institute for the Blind, where the director of the school uh, asked a former student, 20-year-old Annie Sullivan, to herself visually impaired, to become Keller's instructor, which... Uh, uh, if you've seen the movie, you know she did do. Yes, I'm anxious to see it. So I'm going to have yeah, to look for it's, it. Me. It's uh, it's 
mostly what it is is it's about how Anne Sullivan taught Helen the meaning of words. If you can imagine just for a minute that you have a child who neither sees nor hears, how do you explain to that child what anything is? I it has can't. to be phenomenally difficult. Yes. In any case, uh, that's basically what the movie is about, was what she went through to teach Helen that there were names for things. Now, that she's teaching her, had has to be name. teaching her with Braille. Well, but she had to teach her first why Braille existed, because uh, the child didn't know that there were names for things. She didn't know there were words that meant the names for things, and she didn't know there were letters that made up the words right. that meant the things. Right. So it was a monumental task. Right. In any case, Keller went on to become a world-famous speaker and author. She was an advocate for people with disabilities, a suffragist, and a pacifist. If you're not sure what those things are, look them up. She founded the uh, Helen Keller International Organization, which is devoted to research in vision, health, and nutrition. She helped to found the American Civil Liberties Union, known as the ACLU. She visited some 40-odd countries with Annie Sullivan, uh, several times going to Japan. She became a favorite of the Japanese people. Keller met every president of the United States, from Grover Cleveland to Lyndon Johnson. She was friends with many famous figures, including Alexander Graham Bell, Charlie Chaplin, and Mark Twain. She also wrote a total of 12 published books and several articles. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. Later in life, in September 1964, President Lyndon Johnson presented her with the Presidential Medal of Freeman. Of freedom, I'm sorry. The Presidential Medal of Freedom. One of the United States' two highest civilian honors. And in 1965, she was elected to the National Women's Hall of Fame in the New York World's Fair. And our last example of reasons to be supportive and uplifting of individuals with needs that are extremely different from our own would be Lawrence Kim Peake. Also known as? In a minute. Okay. He was known as a mega savant. He had an exceptional memory, but he also experienced social difficulties, possibly resulting from a developmental disability related to the congenital brain abnormalities he suffered. He was the inspiration for the character of Raymond Babbitt, played by Dustin Hoffman in the movie Rain Man, which you may have seen. And if not, I suggest you rent it and see it. Yes. Because it's really good. And it's a lot of fun, too. Uh, even though it deals with a, um, a sensitive subject, it deals with it in a very creative way, I believe. I do. Yes. And, uh, it, um, it doesn't make fun of 
more than it makes light of yes. the situations that he dealt with and that his family dealt with. He was born in Salt Lake City in, with macrocephaly. Macrocephaly, I'm sorry. I, I know how to say that word. I don't know why I mispronounced it. Uh, he had also damage to the cerebellum and some other parts of the brain that it's not important for you to know about here. It was a condition in which the bundle of nerves that connects the two hemispheres of the brain was missing. In his case, secondary connectors were also missing. So he didn't have a backup brain no. plan, as it were. There is speculation that his neurons made unusual connections due to the absence of the ones that he needed that weren't there, which resulted in an increased memory capacity. According to his father, Kim was able to memorize things from the age of 16 to 20 months. He read books, memorized them, and placed them upside down on a shelf later to show that he had finished reading them. This was a practice he maintained all his life. Yes. He could speed read through a book in about an hour and remember almost everything he had read, memorizing vast amounts of information in subjects ranging from history and literature, geography and numbers, to sports, magazines, music, and dates. He could read two pages at once, one with each eye. That's amazing. I can read one page with both eyes. That's amazing. He became a Hafiz after reading the Koran in 10 minutes. I had to look that word up. A Hafiz, and I hope I'm saying it properly, is, according to Muslims, a person who has completely memorized the Koran. He read it in 10 minutes. And memorized and it. And memorized it. That can't have been an easy thing to do. For him, so, yes. So, yeah, for him, yeah. Not so much for me. No. So those are a few examples of people that had special needs, special disabilities, special problems, and, yeah, they were dealt with uncreatively a lot in their in their lives, sometimes just through ignorance and sometimes through uh, aggressive bullying and, and uh, rage and anger and misunderstanding. Uh, and there are people in the world today who are trying still and will hopefully continue to try to reach out to individuals like this. Usually with autism, they mm -hmm. grasp onto one main subject. Who does? Usually people with autism. Okay. So like um, Temple Grandin, hers was animals. Right. My son is electronics, computers, right. video games, that right. sort of stuff. Right. They usually grasp and they learn as much Something. as they can right. on that one subject. That's their thing. They still learn the other subjects, yeah. but they run with one subject. How is that different from what you did as a child or what I did as a child? We all do that. We yes. all find something that we like in life, and we all zero in on that. We have to take in the input of other stuff, but our main love is... Whatever. Right. So that's they, me, they usually go like with my son. What they would call normal. That yeah. seems very normal to me. You can ask Jaden when was the first time Meyer Brothers featured on the Mario Brothers game and he'll tell you. Mario Brothers, yeah. 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 So he's got a good memory. Yes, he does. Okay. We're we're uh advocating 
the Autism Society, uh, in this case, of the Inland Empire. I understand from, uh, from information from Lacey that there is an Autism Society almost everywhere. Yes. In the country, at yes. least. And, uh, at least that's the United States. I don't know outside of the United States. Oh, I've States. never been outside the United States, so I'm I, not sure. I don't know, but I'm sure that individuals, because we do have many listeners that are outside of our yes. country. We have listeners in Australia, Germany, Mexico. We have all sorts of listeners, all sorts of They can of probably Google places. it and see if they have one in their community if they need the help. Yes, and if not, I'm sure that, uh, it's possible to get more information about the work that these Societies do provide so that possibly you could be instrumental in in uh, bringing them to your area. They are moving up to our high desert area Yay. soon, and they provide, among other things, free services and resources to families that are affected by autism. Uh, and and you know your own self, Lacey, that there are so many needs, not just uh, for understanding and dealing with uh, a child with autism, but also, in terms of medication that may be necessary, which is almost always ridiculously expensive. Yes. Uh, and, and yet it helps. It helps, uh, Jaden, I know, from well, watching Well, the medicine him. is not for autism. His medicine no. he takes is for ADHD. Right. Hyperactivity. Which is part of his syndrome. No. Is it not? It's not. No. Oh, he's Although autism and ADHD, in the cases I've heard, seem to fall hand in hand yeah they are two separate oh okay all right so there you go yeah we can have hyper we can have this is true ADHD. there are adhds mm-hmm. who do not have autism yes this is true but for whatever reason it seems autism and adhd fall hand in hand okay so and the medication, medication my son is on is for his adhd not for autism okay. Okay. i don't believe there's any medicine for autism at this point no yeah. Um, well, hopefully there'll be enough people because we know that the incidence of autism seems to be growing. The, the diagnosis, if I'm not mistaken, I saw a really frightening number. Where was that in this article? And that article, I believe it said one to 75. Yeah, I believe it did say something like that. I know it was less than one out of a hundred individuals are diagnosed with autism these days because we're beginning to recognize now what we see in children with autism where yes. uh, where before 50 years ago they did not necessarily uh so you know people say well gee how come it's so much more now than it was 50 years ago uh and the people answer is very simple ago, 50 years ago they didn't know what they were looking at and they can been misdiagnosed and you know because who was it in 1942 was diagnosed temple grandin yeah was yeah. diagnosed. But they didn't all know. I, I promise you that because when my children were born, uh, I knew people who had children who were what we would have called misbehaved. Yes. And uh, they may or may not have been uh, suffering from autism or Asperger's or some other sort of, of developmental problem that right. may have caused them issue. My oldest son uh, has uh, dyslexia, and at the time he was uh, diagnosed, he was a first grader, and I'd never heard of it. I had yes. no idea. It scared the hell out of me when the do- when the teacher, uh, actually, his first, God bless his first grade teacher, said, uh, I think he has a problem, mm-hmm. and I think you should take him to an ophthalmologist. And I was just dumbfounded. I had no idea what he was talking about, right. but I did it anyway. 
and took him, and sure enough, he was diagnosed as dyslexic. And when the doctor demonstrated for me what my son was up against and how he uh, dealt with his uh, inability to carry with him his sense of left and right, was mm-hmm. basically how the doctor described it to me, uh, I gained a whole new appreciation for many of the things that my son had been doing that could have been misconstrued as uh, behaving badly, his unwillingness to yes. follow directions and so on. And actually, it's funny because the first time I noticed it, uh, before it was right about the same time that the teacher mentioned it, uh, the kids were downstairs in their den, in our den, and uh, the television was on, and they wanted to watch uh, Howdy Doody or something. And so I uh, said to the older child, I said, it, change the channel to number 13 or whatever. And he just kind of looked at me funny. And I said, it's, you know, the big dial up there on the, on the right-hand side of the TV, honey. Turn it to the left, two numbers. Uh-huh. And he just looked at me like... You're talking... I was from Mars. Yeah. His littler brother, three years his junior, gets up, goes over, and turns the channel. Right. And when that happened, I went, holy fuck, my kid doesn't even know what's going on with left and right, right. here. And it wasn't two days later that his teacher had mentioned this problem. And that's when I learned... You know, and I remember crying to the ophthalmologist and going, what did I do wrong? I remember teaching him when I, when he was a baby and we'd put his pants on. I'd say, let's put your left foot in and your right foot in and right. all that happy horse shit. And he said, there wasn't anything wrong with what you did. You did everything right. You just didn't know that his connectors in his brain hadn't developed yet. Because right. the visual connectors that carry the information to the brain are the last thing to develop in a human, according to this ophthalmologist, and his had not developed yet. And so when you were teaching him left and right, he wasn't learning it. He wasn't ready to learn it yet. By the time he physically was ready to learn it, you You were were teaching it You were done because you already taught him. So that's another example far less uh, significant in impact on a person's life, certainly, than autism or Asperger's. Or uh, blindness or deafness or any of the other things that the people we've talked about today have, have dealt with. But I think, I think what. The moral of the story. Yeah. I think what Lacey and I want everybody to get out of this is. Be uh, understanding. Be tolerant. Um, learn, educate yourself. Uh, because autism is not going to go away. None of these are going to go away. In my household, we don't use it as a Band-Aid. We don't use autism as no, a Band-Aid. No. Jaden gets treated like my daughter. Yep, he does. Um, I, treat, I try to treat him like I do There's no special treatment. No. I do pick my battles with Jaden. Um, because if I were to fight every battle with Jaden, I would not be sitting here talking to you. Yeah, I'd be in a nursing being, home banging my head. You'd, you'd be in a hug box. Yeah. <laughs> But um, we don't use it as sympathy. We don't use it no. as a card with school. And you don't. And you don't want anyone else to. I know that from being no. here. I know. I've known that from the beginning. Uh, I'll tell you, my son it's has always autism. Been very matter of fact. So that'll be in, if you see him acting what's not normal. Uh-huh. You have a little bit better understanding. But I don't yeah. want it as a sympathy card because I have no sympathy. There's no, I don't want, no, I don't want sympathy. There's no sympathy. My son is normal. My son is a very smart, intelligent young man. 
and may someday uh, find his name. And he on might the computer uh, someday too. Make Bill Gates run for his money. Bill Gates, yes, he may indeed. Uh, and so, like I said, people, what we're what we're really hoping that you get out of this, if you didn't already know this, uh, cut some people some slack. And you know, I don't even really care if it's people that are disabled or not. If you if there's somebody in your life that that is pissing you off and and bothering you and 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 you internalize it like the author of that letter did and and make it sound like they were setting out to really piss just you off try to stop and think for a second why that might be happening and just take i don't know 10 breaths and turn around and smile and walk away or something because you just don't know what's going on you don't know what's or go going knock on on the door and say can i ask you a question or or if you're brave enough to ask them or maybe dumb enough maybe they don't want to tell you that's okay. But Usually the, the people point, with autistic, we're willing to well, explain to you. I'm not talking about autistics now. Now I'm talking about anybody. Right. If, if there's somebody that is, that you're bothered by, just, you know, let it, just try to remember that you don't know what's going on in their head. Have patience. That's all we're saying. We're going to take a little bit of a break right now. And compose ourselves, try to get back onto a more cheerful uh, track and uh, and give you guys a chance to listen to a commercial message. Yes, we'll, we'll be, be right back. back. Okay, we're back, folks. We're back. And thanks very much for your letting us take a break. We appreciate it. We really needed that. Yes. David's in the room giving his lovely wife a hug and a mooch. A hello. And a hello. They don't get to see each other all that much. It's Tuesday night. <laughs> Still hungover from yesterday, aren't you? Oh, hey, we had a good show last night. We did have a good show last night. We did have. We're going we're gonna, to, uh, oh, thanks. Now the dog, that just, was the dog. The dog just went through and kicked the mic. I there have a yellow lab. His name's That's Cody. Okay. If it wasn't me, it would be the dog. I, somebody's going to kick the mic all night long. How have you been this week? How have I been this week? Let me think. How have I been this week? I've been pissed at the weather. But Me then, too. I know, want rain. I I know. We keep getting all these uh, thunderstorms that never dry. pan out. Well, actually, we shouldn't say that because less than 20 miles from us, they did get flooded. Well, just, okay, you I know. live on one end of town. The other town got, other end of town right, got flooded. Right. We did get some rain at my house. Whatever. I actually saw drops of rain on the sidewalk. Because your husband left the sprinkler on. <laughs> I thought he did because he smelled rain. But actually, it's I, an ongoing joke because we don't get that much weather here. I know we don't. I told him, I said, "Honey, it's raining," and he go, and he gets up and he comes to see, and it dried up by then. So oh, yeah, I don't know, yeah. I don't know sure what that means did. exactly. And you know, I feel bad because we do have listeners in Ontario, Canada. Yeah, and they're getting flooded. and they're getting flooded like crazy, or were anyway. Yeah. Uh, because I guess they have like snow melt and then spring rains, and you know, there's nowhere for it to go. The right. ground's already saturated. It runs off and into people's houses and things, and it's That's really a, ugly. I've never had a flood, but it sounds like a mess. Oh, it is. I actually moved into uh, a town when I was a kid. We moved into a town after floodwaters had receded. We lived in a place called Woodland, Washington, when I was a kid. Okay. And uh, my dad was a preacher there. That was his actually first church that okay. he got to preach at. I mean, real church that was his to preach at. Cool. And uh, when we moved there, the town had just recovered from uh, 
the Lewis River, I believe it was, had flooded the area. And I'm telling you, the people who've done this will know what I'm talking about. The ones of you that haven't won't. Um, there is nothing in the world that smells exactly like a town after a flood, except a town after a flood. It's a, it's a, it's a combination of musty, moldy, wet, yuck kind of smell. Oh. It's really nasty, and it does take a long time for it to dry out and yeah. go away. And especially in the, this was in the Pacific Northwest in Washington State, uh, where it doesn't really dry out that much in most of the parts of the state. There's a deserty part, but for the most part, no. So it's kind of hard for it to all dry out and everything. And I remember that. I was uh, so it was very humid. Uh, well, it was kind of humid, but I mean to say that it, it's not like here, right? Okay, like in the desert where we live now. Uh, but I was eighth, uh, seventh, fourth grade, fourth grade, duh, third and fourth grade. What age is that? Um, eight, six, seven, eight seven. years old. Yeah, depending on. In my case, I was. I wasn't held back any, so I guess I was about eight years old. I remember fourth grade, I was eight years old. So, in any case, um, I still remember some, oh, <clears throat> several years later, that <laughs> what that smell was. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Um, so, anyhow, we didn't get any rain. Uh, it's still in the hundreds. I don't Too like hot. that. I don't do good in the heat. I, no, I don't either. But that's why we have two fans God, and air conditioner thank, going. Yeah, thank God we have air conditioning, electricity, and fans, and all that good stuff. I never, I never go through a summer in the desert. But what I think of of our pilgrim forefathers and mothers. We were talking about that yeah. not too long ago. Can you imagine actually going from point A to point B out here in no. this heat? And us women a, having our personal problems during the month. With a yeah, with a. With a in a wagon train walking along behind a wagon train or or driving the baby a on your hip. mule team behind a, you know and you're having your period and you've got a baby hanging off of you and you, either that or you're about to give birth and you've got a baby hanging off of you six seven kids I just you know I can't I just can't even I can't even go there I don't know how no. the hell they did it I don't know they were some strong yes. women strong women to to make it. You know, across the, the open desert and the plains and. Yeah, to make it across the, the, the west, you know, from wherever the hell they were in the east. Right. To the west coast. It must and the have snow been just and the rain and the heat. Outrageous. And Plus they didn't have roads. No. I mean, they didn't have roads. That was a roads. bumpy ass ride. They had, the, you went up a mountain, you went up a mountain, you went yeah. down the mountain. You know, and you, we've all seen movies about that. Yes. You know, until you until you get out in this heat without water someday. Forget I don't know it. about you, but we never go anywhere without, anywhere. I mean, we go to the grocery store. We're taking our water with yeah. us always because you just never know when you're going to break down. Yeah. Car's going to break down. You're going to get delayed. Somebody's going to have an accident. You're going to be stuck in traffic, whatever uh -huh. the fuck, and you're not going to have any water to yeah. drink. And in the desert, you don't do that. No. You don't. So, anyhow... That's how I've been. How about you? Hot. 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 And sick of it. Yes, I'm ready for fall. I'm more of a fall. Yeah. And I'm ready well, for... Well, you've got a lot coming on this fall, too. You've got the baby's birthday yes, coming up. Yes, Meemaw. Meemaw birthday party. She's going to have Meemaw. My daughter's going to be two. And, and she is what she Mickey calls Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Yes. So, so she's having a Mickey so Mouse So I'm planning theme. her birthday party, and I'm doing a lot of the crafts. Yeah, party you're decorations doing a good myself. job. Thank you. 
I think they're cute. She's made um, little Meemaw heads. I they're took styrofoam. In the living room here. Oh, there's not that many. Well, there's six. No, there's six. I so have far. took two styrofoam balls, one bigger, and then two small ones, and painted them black and, and glued them. And put a bow on them. And then for the Mickey Mouse, I just left them black. And for Minnie Mouse, I pinned on Oh, I get it. The Minnie Mouse um, ones are bows. the bows. Yeah. Yes. And the plain ones don't. That's no, cool. No, that's Mickey. That's very cool. I think that's so cute. Are you going to make a Meemaw cake, too? No, we're going to do cupcakes. Cupcakes work. I got off of, I believe it was Amazon. They're little sprinkles. Candy. And here I told our listeners in the beginning they'd never hear a cupcake recipe. Brace uh, yourself, folks. There's a well, recipe about to come up. Not the recipe. It's just little <laughs> Mickey Mouse um, uh, head sprinkles. Oh, no shit. Really? They're pink and little green. Little head sprinkles? Yes, they're so cute. Does the baby cute. know that's what they are? Can she tell? They're so She tiny. doesn't know about them. She doesn't know yet. No. Oh, my God. That is so cool. I love it. Yeah, I'm wait. just... I'm coming, you know, Grandpa and yes. Grandma coming to the... We call ourselves Grandpa and Grandma. To the baby, because I'm here all the time. I'm here three days a week, which is probably sounds kind of disgusting to the rest of you. But for us, it's working because Lacey and I go to the gym three yes. days a week where we go and uh, we should clarify that. Maybe we should tell them what we do. Should we tell okay. them what we do? We go to the gym, but we do, um, it's called whole, whole body, body vibrations. vibrations. It's a machine we stand on. And it shakes us. And it shakes us. <laughs> And it's working. Yeah, we're losing girls inches. and guys. We're losing inches. We've I've been going strength in my legs. Less than two months. Yeah, well, two and a half months. But and we the had last... two weeks off for vacation, and you guys were sick yes. one week. So the and I'm six foot two one. Months. I know I'm a decent sized girl, and I've already lost twelve inches. So yeah. I'm like, yay! And I'm not six one, which makes it even sadder because I'm also a decent sized girl, but I'm way shorter, so I'm even decent sizeder. But, uh, and I didn't lose as many inches, but, uh, but I have the reason knee, why you were going is different too. Yeah, I have knee replacements, both knees and, uh, anybody that's ever had a knee replacement or a cut across your knee for any reason, you know that you lose some of the, uh, nerves they, because they actually, the nerves, uh, I don't know if you know it or not, but it, you know, here med- we go into the medical part. <laughs> The nerves are actually long strands of stuff, and they're inside your body, okay? And in the case of your knees, your your nerves actually run from, like, way up high on your legs, down past your knees, and down okay. lower on your legs. And when they cut and operate on your knees, they sever those nerves. Right. And uh, sometimes they manage, after surgery, to find their way back to their Selves right. and reconnect and and refire and sometimes they don't and I was left with a, a large loss of tactile sensation that is to say I couldn't feel too much in my knees after my second knee surgery not so much my first but after my second one and uh, interestingly enough though it was never suggested it might be a possibility. One of the things that I've gotten out of this whole body vibration thing is those nerves have reconnected. I know. That's so awesome. I can feel my knees. I can, when I touch my knee now, I can feel me touching That's it where awesome. before I couldn't. I know it's totally good. And you also went on vacation and you got to hike up the mountain. I could hike up the mountains that before I had to use a cane and my husband had to drag me up the hill and everything like that. So my legs are stronger. Um, my bruises go away way, way, way faster. And that is for the um, circulation. The circulation. My blood the... circulation is way improved. 
So pretty much that's what I wanted out of it. And the funny it. thing is it takes us longer to get to the gym than our actual yeah, workout. Yeah, because it takes like 20 minutes to do the workout. Which, uh, they say is the equivalent of an hour actually like doing a treadmill or weightlifting or, iron right. or whatever the hell. And it's so like way easier. So if you And know, it works for me because I have sciatica. Yeah. And that you're getting relief from. Yes. And if I were to do the normal gym, I think I would aggravate it and be at bed rest. And my hump is going down. Yay! You're supposed to say what hump? What <laughs> hump? <laughs> what hump? <laughs> hump? <laughs> well, you know. The the uh, the fat back, as it were, uh, right below my uh, hairline. hairline is uh, is diminishing, uh, and I used to have like hulky shoulders, you mm-hmm. know, like, and they're going the down, hump, and they're they're diminishing too. So I find that totally cool. My my I haven't got measured lately. We're gonna get measured next week. So we're gonna we're gonna we'll schedule that tomorrow as to how much how many inches we've lost. But the interesting thing about this is it, it, it sounds probably to a lot of people that are hearing about it the first time because they're going yeah right uh this is actually developed by nasa yes for the space program because uh astronauts don't get a lot of exercise in space and i don't know whether they use these machines up there or afterwards i gotta tell I you i think it would have Probably, to be afterwards yeah i can just see them going before and after that weighs how many pounds and no anyhow uh so then there's um sports like um, nfl yeah Teams is what I'm trying to get yeah. the word out. Sports teams that use it. The San Diego Padres, I believe. And there are colleges that use it. Yes. And celebrities that use it. So, and if you want to know what it is, what are you looking at? Why is he frowning? Uh-huh. He doesn't like something. It doesn't look normal to him. Is it David just came restart? in and he's looking I at our computer. Are we're we, okay. We're okay. Okay. It's because we took a break. I hope so. All and right. I push stop, then I push record again, so it's just... It just um, looks different. Yeah. Okay. We're okay. Well, anyhow, if you're interested in what this is, and we're Google. making no money off of this, I promise you. No. But I just wanted to tell you what we're doing at the gym. It's called Whole Body Vibration. And you can Google it, and it'll tell you all about what that is. And it's real interesting stuff, it, and it works. I mean, yes. I'm happy with it, and it doesn't cost us a fortune, and it's great fun to do and i wouldn't do it if lacy didn't go with me no we're now. gym buddies so that's what we're that's why so we spilled our secret about the gym yeah i'm here three days a week because of that and then monday nights david and i podcast yes. on what we think and then tuesday nights you and i podcast yes. on don't let don't get us started and uh i don't know if we're going to start up something else again or not i jeez i hope not how many more minutes do we have before i think of starting on something I can't tell. I don't know how to do this. If it wasn't, we for only have Lacey, like seven minutes. I seven would say minutes. seven minutes is good enough time to pick on somebody. We just got through telling people we shouldn't pick on people because they have difficulties of one type or another. Right. That we should keep it to ourselves. I don't think we're going to be picking, but maybe getting a better understanding. Oh, that's a good rationale for it. Yeah. I think what we're doing is we're, I, the way I look at what we're about to do is. We're doing this in the privacy of our own home. We're making fun of conditions that we find uh, weird or obsessive taboo. or whatever or taboo. Uh, and this is not to say they're wrong, but at the same time... Uh, we giggle because we don't understand. Yeah, well, or in some cases we do understand and we still giggle. <laughs> but, but we mean it in a not... Um, what's the word I want? Harsh. Harmless right. or not harmful 
way. We're not saying these people are bad or should be euthanized or anything else like that. No. We're just saying, wow, that's weird. So, uh, let's see. We were talking about, <laughs> we were talking about, um, the, we just, I just learned about this like last, I don't know, year or so. There are people, many yeah. apparently, who, uh, form emotional and sexual attachments to inanimate objects. objects. Yes. Uh, there is a gentleman who, and, and we're not telling stories out of school here because these guys have been on TV. Okay. Yes. So it's not like, uh, it's not like we're telling you something they haven't already said. Right. Um, uh, there's a guy who's in love with his car. And you know what? Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, he, he makes love to his car. Yeah, with, well, inside his car, he. No, he goes up underneath. Um, oh, does he? Oh, I thought he said the hood the of the car. The oh. hood of the car in between the two real two wheels. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not a mechanic. Sorry, guys. Oh, that's okay. He slides up underneath the car, and, and he kisses the bumper because that's his car's lips, and like he goes, foreplay. "Oh, he goes underneath there, and he masturbates, having sex with his car." Okay, there you go. So, uh, yeah, <clears throat> lends a whole new meaning to the term muffler. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It can be kind of cold. Yeah. Wet in the winter. Yes. And maybe he does it in the garage. No, this was in his driveway. Yeah, and I remember his father was also in the show, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't his dad in the show and his dad was kind of... Questioning him? Yeah. Kind of yeah. wondering how that was going to pan out for them. Yeah. You know, well, now there was the movie Cars. You know, I mean, the they Disney. have great personalities. Oh, cars yes. Do. And you ask any guy, they'll tell you they love their car. Yeah. Uh, well, almost any guy. Right. Or he doesn't love his car because it's 87 Ford Taurus. What's the love? But <laughs> uh, it, it is wheels and it does get him to work and back. But, I mean, uh, guys with cool cars love oh, yeah, their GTOs. Oh, yeah, they got their buff their on and them. And what on them? Buff. You know, buff, buff, oh, they buff the pain. Yeah. Mm. Buffed themselves you know, on him too. I think he I, buffed I, himself on that uh, car a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a red, what was it? Oh, I don't know it if it was a sports a, car, wasn't it? I don't it? know if it was a Mustang. I don't know, but that would be cool if it was. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. Yeah, that would be totally cool if it was a Mustang. What are you doing? I'm uh, just out buffing my Mustang. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so there's that one. And then there was a lady that got married recently. To a bridge. I heard about that. I can't remember now whether I saw that on TV. I didn't think seen so. it online. Or online. I think I saw it online. Yeah, I didn't and read all got, of like, it. she got like all dressed and everything. I mean, she had the wedding gown, the bouquet. I don't know who caught the bouquet afterwards. Was it maybe the crick or what? <laughs> I'm not sure. River. I guess it was a bridge over a river. I'm not sure. But, um, I mean, she, you know, she loves her bridge. Okay. She she refers to the bridge as a male personage. Okay. Uh, and calls him him. How does she feel about all the cars riding over her man? Apparently, she <laughs> thinks that's cool. Okay. I don't know exactly. I don't think she's jealous. I hope not because she's got uh, a problem and there. Then, and then people do walk across him also, but apparently she's so he's cool being rode on and crossed, walked across, right? And walked on, and one would have to assume he likes it. I mean. If he's happy that's what his main purpose is. <laughs> exactly, he's totally fulfilling his uh, goal in life is to be a bridge. I don't know. I don't know because and the, and she talks to him too. And this is kind of the weird part for me. 
is, you know, I mean, because you and I have talked about how I don't think I could do a podcast by myself because I can't imagine just sitting here talking to the mic all by myself. Right. I really kind of need to have an actual person there right. to talk to. I, I wonder what he tells her. Well, see, that's just it. I this don't car know spit how oil on me today. I don't know. <laughs> how, how was your day? Oh, I was <laughs> some pits, man. I got run over. I don't know. I have a new I, pothole, honey. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, you know, and I can, and I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm missing the point, and they would say I was, surely, uh, that I'm missing the point, because obviously this has got to be sort of a one-sided thing. I would think so. Bates, he's uh, concrete and steel. Now, there was the lady that was in love with uh, the Eiffel Tower. I saw her. Oh? Too. I think I was, that one was on TV. I don't know. Yeah, weird people and yeah. the things they do or something like that. And she was in love with the Eiffel Tower, all 479 steps of him or whatever. And uh, I think she married him, too. This is not the same lady that married the bridge. Okay. Phew. Uh, yeah, and then there was another one who was in love with the wall, too. There's a lot of this going on. Yeah. A lot of this is going on, which is cool. I mean, I can see if you had a bad relationship with a human. But who's going to do the dishes? Well, there aren't any dishes. The bridge doesn't fucking eat. You know? I mean, she can go out to eat, come back to the bridge. Okay. There's no harm there. Same with the tower. You know? I mean, towers don't have dishes. Towers don't eat. (laughs) I think, I think though, that cheap we're, date. I think we're trying to, uh, this is going to be the wrong word, but those of you who understand it will understand why I use it. I think we're sort of trying to anthropomorphize this thing, which is to, to lend it a personage, a personality that may not really be part of their plan. Although the, the woman does call the bridge him. Okay. The other lady called the tower him. Okay. I think the guy called his cow called his car her. her. Yes. Uh, I, I think it may. And I don't remember her name. She no, had a name. I don't either. I, I think it may, there may be a limit beyond which they don't carry the, the terms of response. Right. Although the guy said that he was pretty sure his car liked all the buffing uh-huh. that he did on it. So I And he know. looked in the car and rev it up. Oh, baby, you like that? That's right. He was. Yes, wasn't he was. He? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I don't know. Um, because I never have it. Let me think. Was I ever in love with an inanimate object? Let me think. Before I say no, when I was a little girl, did I not love my doll? Yes. But was that my was... doll not inanimate? Yeah. Okay. Could my doll talk to me? I don't know. Could she? Could she do dishes? I don't know. No, I'm here to tell you. She I couldn't. watch a lot of hauntings, so could she? No, no, no. Absolutely. I've not. watched Toy Story too. You don't know what she's done when you leave the room. I know. It's like the cobbler's shoes. They may be out <laughs> doing all sorts of things when uh when you're not looking. But no, I you know, I, I now that I think about it, I, I did love inanimate objects. Why don't we say that too? Where'd you get that necklace? I loved it. Yeah. Okay, so how far do we carry that, you know? Apparently not as far as some other people do. No. And so who's to say? Right. And and uh, I, if they were here, I'd throw rice. I think people did. We can't throw rice anymore. Yeah, you know, that's a whole bunch of bullshit, too. Because they say it's not good to throw rice because... It swells up in the bird's stomach She's, and kills yeah, them? Yeah, which is bullshit because birds eat seeds. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? What's that about? I'm not sure. I don't either. So we blow bubbles now. Anyway, yeah, I like rice. 
I got the first time I got married, I got a picture of it. You know, uh-huh. there's rice in our hair. It was very cute. Uh, yeah, when I, I got mean. married, they, I don't think we could throw rice then. They didn't throw, no, I think they stopped that about 70 years ago. No, I haven't been, I'm not that old. <laughs> it's not been I'm that old, long. but I'm not that old. Let's get, how are we doing on time? I always um, have to ask because. We're just about. What does over. that mean? Just about is a minute. We're over. We're we're done. We're over. Okay, guys. Well, then <laughs> we David's going to have to do a little cutting here, a little snip, snip. Uh, thanks for being with us today and listening to us if you did, and uh, let us know how you feel about us. We do have um, an email deal set up on the uh, uh, podcast. It's so simple. You just go to comments, click on comments, and but what's it will the web address? Take you It'll take you right to the email address. All you have to do is pick which show you want to comment on and then which episode David was so of kind enough show. to set that up. Yeah, he set that up for us, and it's so simple. A child of three can do it. Just go to click on comments, follow the prompts, as they say, where you go to pick out which show you want to comment about and which episode of that show you want to comment about. And then type in your comment. We will read every email that comes, good, bad, or ugly. There's one of the dogs now, speaking of ugly. And um, that's about it. I'm yes. Sadie Burbank. And I'm Lacey Montoya. And we're really glad you joined us tonight. Hope we see you again soon, or at least you hear us soon. Yes. Good night. Good night. Well, it was the same concept, but different delivery. I want to thank my niece, Zoya, for picking the episode. This will, and I hope you enjoy the three episodes from this time around. Come on back next Friday, and I will pull out the Wayback Machine and explore three more episodes from the Jason Modcast Archive for your enjoyment of at least three hours of audio entertainment. With that said, I'm Randolph Lofgren, and I will talk to you again right here on Flashback Fridays.